Support for this podcast is provided by That Cast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com. I I was really focused on um, attachment and family systems. We wanted to empower parents to take a front seat in helping develop social emotional skills for kids um, at an early age so that they can come into school even more prepared. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast, a show about inspiring business leaders from Portland and beyond. So Kaylee and Kelly, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, so we're, you know, we're in your space in uh, Vancouver, and I always like to come to the Couve. There's a lot going on here. You can always find parking. Yes, I know. I was like surprised. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is attractive, the parking here. So well, let's start. Slumberkins. You know, I have a three-year-old. And so when I first saw this, it's like, just, yes, right? You know, and have you guys have created this product. I would love to just learn about the story and your guys' background. You're educators by training, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's unique. So if you don't mind, just take yeah. it and tell me a little story how to yeah. start it. So we started Slumberkins while on maternity leave together um, with our now three-year-old sons. And um, it was really a side hustle that Kelly and I started. I'm a special education teacher by trade and Kelly is a marriage and family therapist that worked as a school counselor in Portland public. And, um, you know, we, we saw a need, but, um, as moms and educators for a more unique product that also had intentional meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, knowing what kids were going through in the schools, um, we saw a big opportunity, um, to infuse it into a product. Yeah, we really, Um, you know, the world is changing at such a rapid pace and being new parents and being also, um, a therapist in the school, um, I had a unique insight into kind of the issues that parents were facing and the different, um, issues or behaviors or struggles that kids were bringing into the school. That was really my focus, um, both on the parent and the child within the school. Mm -hmm. So I had this insight and this kind of aha moment of, you know, these are the, it's repeating the same, same themes, the same things are coming through. Parents are asking the same questions. And really with the training that um, I did at Portland State University for my uh, master's degree. Go Vikings. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I was really focused on um, attachment and family systems. And so we wanted to empower parents to take a front seat in helping develop social emotional skills for kids um, at an early age so that they can come into school even more prepared and emotionally stable or just the well-being emotionally was what we were really focused on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's one thing you have this idea. Then what was the next step? Oh How did you, did you just immediately go home and start making it? Well, or we turned about a $200 investment into fabric <laughs> into our craft project. And so we, this was a total craft fair Etsy play in the very beginning sure. where it was, um, we taught ourselves to sew and okay. we were hand making them ourselves for about the first few, few months. Um, and timeline again, this would have been, so this was, um, we sold our first creatures November, 2015 
at Mountain View High School Craft Fair in Vancouver. Okay. And then we did a craft fair in Portland, and then we did another one in Vancouver all before that holiday season mm -hmm. in 2015. And then in January, we really like started to hit it hard on Etsy, mm -hmm. where we just said, okay, these are selling really well locally, like, and people are resonating with it. Because it, it was always about when we were talking with people that would come across it and telling them about our backgrounds and what the product actually was used for, they all, I mean, it just would sell, like, sell out each craft fair And what did. kind of feedback were you getting from parents and I mean was I would assume it's mostly parents buying and grandparents yeah. yeah this has been the most touching and surprising piece I think for us and for me in particular is that people are have come back to us and tell us what an impact it's made um for them and their kids and that yeah. their kids have really attached to the plush and the loveys and the creatures that we've made and they've found the tool so helpful that it's changed things for them, whether it's being kids being more emotionally open and talking about their feelings more with their parents or their parents being able to set up a routine where they actually relax before they go to bed and go to bed easier. Just the little yeah. digestible tools that we've made are resonating. And mm -hmm. it's you kind of never know when you say, okay, I kind of know how to do this, right. but how do you put it all together in a product? And when you hear that people, it affects people and that they... It really is helpful. It's mm -hmm. so yeah. impactful and and meaningful, and we're just so so happy. We continually get that so feedback. The, yeah, and that was your guys' market research, right? You didn't, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you didn't create a big plan. You just went out and well, made it and did it. Or and we've always had the attitude of like, I mean, you can overthink an idea to death and yeah. never move forward with it. So we really went forward with um, tenacity and like the um, understanding that like, let's just be good enough. So mm -hmm. when we first started at craft fairs, our stories that Kelly writes all of our stories and includes these, um, you know, they like digestible therapeutic tools for parents to use. So each creature has a matching story that then um, reinforces a skill set. So like Bigfoot, he, um, teaches children about self-esteem through interactive positive affirmations. So parents are um, reading the story and asking children to repeat these positive affirmations. But what's really happening is the child is saying good things about themselves. Like right. I am kind, I am strong, I am brave and unique. And it's like, as soon as a parent hears, hears their children say those words out loud, it's a game changer. Right. There's an immediate like emotional connection to the product and has, it's fostered this like interaction and connection with parents. And yeah. so that's really the piece that people are resonating with. And so, but in the whole, um, you know, um, the whole startup world and bootstrapping it as educators yeah. that knew nothing about business <laughs> yeah. or funding or anything, right. um, putting it onto Etsy and using the power of social media mm -hmm. was really how we started. So, and because we were hand making them, it really like created this scarcity model where people couldn't get right. their hands on them because we were constantly trying to keep up. So, um, for 2016, which was our first year on Etsy, we made about $200,000 that wow. year, but we had midway through the year, we had expanded to like starting to hire seamstresses in the local Portland area and working with some embroidery shops locally to really like produce <laughs> these like plush creatures, yeah. um, which isn't done stateside very sure. often because of the nature of plush toys. Right. And you still had your jobs, right? Yes. Yeah. We and, were both still working. Right. At that time, we were both part-time. We, okay. had, we had taken part-time positions in the schools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we also had children. children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just had your handful. So yes. fast forward a little bit, you know, it's 2017. Mm -hmm. You guys apply or, or try out for Shark Tank. Uh, know that you're going to get on. And before we recorded, you said 
you kind of make a decision about your job. So yeah. tell me about that process of, you know, just deciding, Hey, we're going to go on the show. We've got to get prepared for it. We have these jobs. Yep. What were you guys thinking? Like what? I mean, I think for us, we were feeling the pressure and the wave of success coming from Slumberkins, but we were doing the same things in the schools. Mm -hmm. And so it, they were so side by side and, um, complimentary. Um, and we knew that once we went on Shark Tank, like if it was for sure that we were filming, mm -hmm. that the pressure and the need of the business was going to start to be more than we could handle still right. being in the school. So it was that decision point of, okay, are we willing to stand behind what we really believe in and take a risk? I mean, we can do what we are doing in the schools, the same thing as what we're doing yeah. in Slumberkins, but this is a risky path. And do we you know, do we have enough passion and tenacity to like totally jump into the unknown and say, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And we both said, all right, if we get the feedback, like that we're going on shark tank and we can get national exposure like that, that's the moment. That's it. Like mm -hmm. then we're going to, and I called my principal and when I found out, I was like, you can't tell anybody, <laughs> but I'm going on shark tank. So I'm she to. made the first move. And yeah, then I was yeah. like, okay, well, I guess I have yeah, to too. A pressure <laughs> at that point. You're like, actually. Yeah. So, so, yeah. you, so you go on Shark Tank, and for the folks who have seen the episode, you, know, you didn't come out of there with a deal, mm -hmm. but it sounds like it was a great experience. Let's just talk a little bit about you know the experience going on. Uh, I know you, even though you went on it, you're not sure it's going to uh, air, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me about just going on, not getting a deal. What were you guys thinking coming out of that? Were you still as positive or... I think in the moment it was really emotional because <laughs> yeah. you, there's so much that goes into even the application process right. and getting on the show that it's no matter what happens, deal or no deal, you're just emotionally just like spent yeah. after. And so going in, we were like, Oh, all these offers. I mean, cause we were like, how can they not see it? <laughs> right. And then, um, you know, we went in knowing, not knowing what we know now. And, um, really, we were really naive and in, in the very beginning stages of understanding, um, funding mm -hmm. at that stage. Yeah. And it really was a blessing that we didn't take a deal mm -hmm. or like we're offered a deal on air because it's like, um, they had some really great advice for us that mm -hmm. since then we've really taken to heart and actually like have put into motion a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it was a huge learning opportunity. And I think for us as educators, we kind of dub ourselves lifelong learners. Like yeah. everything we do is a learning opportunity. And um, really it was just um, being able to take the brand where we were at that stage in it onto a national platform just to tell the story was right. worth it. Yes. Um, yeah. And you know, we, in hindsight, and through data and website data, you know, we really saw that people that watched the show really resonated with it. Mm -hmm. Just not only in like sales and revenue, but just, um, we've been able to kind of like maintain a higher like website traffic since then. Wow. Um, so I, I really do think that we took that opportunity and captured yeah. a new audience. And it inspired one of our new creatures. <laughs> so on the way back from Shark Tank, we wrote the story of Narwhal, which was all about um, growth mindset and, you really? know, like picking yourself up and, you know, seeing a problem and trying to attack it and, yeah. and um, you know. Taking opportunity and like using it to its full potential. Right. Yeah. Well, so. what I sense about you guys and a lot of entrepreneurs have this is just this, this optimism, right? <laughs> and, and I love that. And I think it's really important. Um, going through this journey and the shark tank thing, did you guys ever have moments where like, should we go back to our jobs or you guys have been all in or has the path been pretty? 
I think Kaylee and I, so we both, a little background on us, we're both um, really, we both played Division One sports. Okay. Um, full scholarships. Wow. Kaylee was basketball. I was volleyball. I played professional volleyball. Like, one of the things just about our personalities is if we're doing something, like, that's it. You know, yeah. when you're on a team at that level, which is where we are now, too, mm-hmm. there is no option you know like okay you lose a game but you still have the tournament coming up and that doesn't mean you stop training it doesn't mean you you know give up yeah. like there's just there is no give up there is no fail so mm-hmm. that's sort of like mm-hmm. it's it's sort of a blessing and a curse because it can drive you a little bit mad when you you know you do run into some bumpy roads but i think that's what it takes to be an entrepreneur yeah um and we know that that's what's going to make us successful. And luckily the way that our personalities and minds work play off each other really, really well um, to, you know, have this optimism, but also have um, a healthy understanding of what we know we don't know and what we don't know we don't know and when to reach out and when to collaborate. And so we've, been navigating and collaborating and reaching out to people and, Things just kind of keep happening at the right time, right place. Well, let's talk about where you're at because you just kind of announced a partnership with the Henson Company. Mm -hmm. So you're developing a show. How did that come about? Did they reach out to you or just through these connections or? Yeah, we met. So we met Hallie, um, who's the president of television for Jim Henson at a conference called the Altitude Summit and that's held in Palm Springs for it's really like women focused, creative entrepreneurs, um, influencers Mm. um, every year. And we met her there. It was kind of a serendipitous moment. She's a single working mom. And um, we were introduced to her and we just told her more about the brand. And, you know, I think she saw the potential with the characters mm-hmm. that um, we had already kind of started our own puppet production just because that's what we were doing. We, were boot- we called it the Rogue Puppet Show, but we were like <laughs> bootstrapping a puppet show like on the side. And so <laughs> we were like hey, oh, wow, look at what we've started. And I think she saw that and she saw the um, the platform of the brand and then said, wow, this is like such a powerful message. Like, I'm going to help you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so from there, we, um, you know, it was it was right time, right place because we met with her and she had said that, like, let's do this. We're going to make this happen. And both Kaylee and I were like, whoa, cool. Okay, <laughs> we're going to have a call with her and get ready because we're going to have to like pitch it to somebody else right. or like, you know, justify it or try to get in the door. And, you know, we got on the call with her that next week and she's like, what are you talking about? No, I already said this is happening. Wow. I was the person that you're supposed to meet with. Like, let's just get going. Wow. And we were like, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, here we go. So, so when's the plans for it to start production or airing or? So it's in the pilot phase right now okay. where um, we're developing the whole package. Of yeah. The pilot. Great. So we have the episode pilot being written and the music getting done. And we're kind of in the approval stage and starting to pre pitch and pitch to networks. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're hoping to to know more about that before the end of the year. We're still a little unclear on timelines. Sure. As well. It's really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's really exciting. And they're just, they've just been the best like company to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so where are they based? Where's Los Angeles in LA. Okay. Yeah. So, well, let's shift gears to talk a little bit about, you know, we're in Vancouver. Let's yeah. talk about Portland, Vancouver, starting a company, you know, traditionally it's um, not been a lot going on here in startups, but it's obviously changed. Um, how have you guys found being here on, in this community starting a company just not only with other entrepreneurs but being able to connect nationally with you know investors a president of henson company how's that been for you guys 
I mean, it's been amazing. We feel really lucky to be in Portland and Vancouver yeah. and to be a startup. I think the culture here is super supportive and the other entrepreneurs, there's people at varying stages in the startup community and more established um, companies. And what we've found is that everybody that we have reached out to or talked to, um, they're very open to helping connect you mm -hmm. with people that you might need to know and help you along the path. Um, so whether it be locally or nationally. Mm -hmm. So we've reached outside of Portland on our own for these connections like yeah. with Henson and, um, you know, our, uh, our main strategic mentor now is um, Maxine Clark, the founder of Build-A-Bear. We have calls with her wow. every other week and mm -hmm. she's been amazingly influential in helping us wow. now too. Um, but, you know, the, the support network here in terms of helping us keep our business growing and making the right steps, everybody has been mm -hmm. amazing. So mm -hmm. we're part of um, Starbucks. Mm -hmm. It's a accelerator. Um, but we're also, you know, met with other people in town, um, accelerate and, um, you know, just people focusing on helping women and diverse yeah. people. And it's pretty amazing because coming from education, um, that every teacher depends on collaboration. Right. Like we're, we're pretty used to that system and reaching out. Like, you know, it's, it's what we're used to is just reaching out and saying, Hey, can you help with this? Or like, what do you know about this? And we've had a really great, um, network of people, like especially attributed to Starbucks where it's like a lot of access to, um, previous founders that mm -hmm. are at different stages of their company. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, what's next for you guys? I know, you know, you guys have bootstrapped this. Yeah. So far, which is amazing and so respectable. And as you look to grow, um, you know, what, what's your guys' plans that you can share or. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's a really pivotal time for Slumberkins. Yeah. We have some, obviously some really big things in the pipeline and, um, we are now positioning ourselves to really take off. We want to be a globally recognized household name brand for, um, you know, educational children's brand. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's like our NCAA tournament, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's, what's going to happen when we're going to get there. So, um, right now we, um, are doing a seed round of funding for, okay. um, Slumberkins and, um, we're hoping to close that before the end of the year. And that will set us up, I think really well for this first, big step onto mm -hmm. a larger stage. Mm -hmm. So, um, getting some more people here, um, on the team that have, you know, longer term strategic experience and, um, oversight into the areas that we're stepping into is a big focus for us, um, mm -hmm. in the upcoming year, um, because we have these opportunities, but also like bolstering, what we have had going because right. that's really resonating with people. So we're always going to try to stay true to our mission, our values and where we came from. Mm -hmm. I would say alongside, um, kind of the strategic plan within the business from a strategic plan from like the customer standpoint or what the brand is doing. Um, I think this year, um, customers and people that find the brand will find a lot more like educational resources mm -hmm. that kind of, um, kind of take each more, each character more in depth that provide like more guidance for parents that are buying into the product right. that like want to really, um, 
you know, instill these kinds of intentional routines with their children at home. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of the mission on the brand side is to really connect with this community of amazing customers that we've, we've been able to um, capture so far and then really kind of educating them behind the therapeutic resources and tools behind yeah. the brand. Well, I'm so like I have a three-year-old <laughs> and it's merging these things, you know, for the people who have kids having a lovey is like this life-saving thing. So, you know, what you guys have done to package that is, is amazing. So we'll congrats on your success. Thank See where you. it goes. And thanks so much for being on the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruden, and you've been listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And to hear previous episodes and access the full library, visit pdxexecutiveforums.com.